Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back after a nice week off when TJ was on vacation. It's Bald to Bald, Episode 9, Season 2, Week 5 Recap, Week 6 Preview. T, how was the 305? Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide, Dale. No, it was good. It was a good time. Um, work work trip down to Miami, Miami Beach specifically. I don't I don't recommend Miami Beach to anybody. If you want to go to Miami Beach, you can experience Miami Beach in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. It's essentially the same thing. Um, but I apologize for being out. Wasn't able to record. Was obviously keeping up to date on my picks. Was up keeping up to date on the on the wonderful weekend we had. So uh, I'm excited to get into it and excited to be back. This guy's turning around, right? He, he's turning. T, you're making a lot of progress. It's good to see you on the winner side now. Um, still a couple games behind 500. That's okay. We'll get there. You know, I, I'm I'm 17 and nine. I'm just, I'm just giving out winners all year. I throw them out. Just you want a winner, you get a winner. You get a winner, you get a winner. So we'll recap super quick. Um, you know, kind of dating back to I guess a week a week out now, um, where we saw Virginia and Hopkins go at it. I thought Hopkins played extremely well in that game um you know i kind of thought they would get blown out in, in my honest opinion after seeing them play st joe's i thought U- uva was gonna be able just to spin it non-stop they're looking to have uva has some goalie issues and we'll get we'll get to goalie issues <laughs> throughout this episode um you know umass and albany that was a pretty gross game to watch and then uh shout out to dartmouth you know dropping a 20 piece on hobart which we always love to see hobart lose um That brings us to Wednesday, T, where I was on the call for a doubleheader for Villanova and Drexel and St. Joseph's Penn. A lot of support from that, you know, with the only two games that day, really. Um, Got to see Nova for the first time and call a game outside of St. Joe's, which was really fun. But, you know, Nova wasn't – I wasn't impressed, but they came back in a very weird game with Drexel for sure. And then St. Joe's and Penn, the game of the night – it's kind of just fucking heartbreaking losing 13 to 12 for the third year in a row. It's tough. And, and I mean, Penn always has our number and we'll get into it, but Drexel seems to always have our fucking number. Um, but shout out to you. Hell of a commentary week to do two back-to-back games like that on a weeknight is, is something else to bring the energy that you did. And on a, on a, Kind of a prime time stage if you're a lacrosse fan. I think if yeah. you're a lacrosse fan, you're definitely watching those games. So you fucking crushed it. I'm proud of you. Keep Thank on keeping on. Um, shout out to the people on Instagram and Twitter. Very different worlds. Twitter, super supportive. Instagram, a lot of tough comments. Like, fuck this guy. Like, his, he, he wasn't excited. People are saying, I had money on the game. Crazy, crazy assumptions that's, here. That's- that's why Elon has the superior app, okay? Like, yeah. Zuckerberg, Facebook, get the fuck out. Twitter, Elon Musk, superior. Yeah, it, it was definitely interesting getting to see um, an, an All-American like Hanley firsthand shoot the ball. Um, that Penn offense is definitely going to be loaded throughout this year. Um, hopefully that Dylan Gergar fella, hopefully he's healthy. He was shooting the shit out of the ball as well. But then that led us into Friday night, which I was very excited for Duke Loyola, and that game was exciting for about four minutes because – Duke came out like someone pissed in their Cheerios. You know, they're all they were winning faceoffs. Their offense was just had Loyola where we thought Loyola had a great defense throughout the year. And Duke just kind of just blew them out. Like it wasn't even really a game. I was more anxious for Duke to cover 
in my opinion. So, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. There's really crushed, not much to talk about. We crushed that Duke minus three and a half line. That was easy. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I think this, like, what's funny is, like, you say that they came out, like, they somebody pissed in their Cheerios. Fucking, why don't they do that every week? Like, I don't understand why they can't just get up for every game that they play. Maybe it's because they play the most games in college across. Yeah. Um, but they should be able to get up every week and go to toe to toe with every single team. We are seeing why this team is is ranked in the top five all the time. They're a perennial blue chip team. I don't understand why they can't do that every single week. Yeah, and their their whole team is starting to come around more, um, especially their attack. Like Brennan O'Neill draws such a like such heavy emphasis on him, but then you got Macadori now. You know their midfield starting to become a, a threat, really dodging, and their defense starting to really tighten it up too. So that team is going to be scary down the stretch. But T, looking at Saturday, huge slate of games. Um, you know the barn burner between LIU and VMI. You know I, I personally wasn't tuned into that one, but um, you know it's really really nice to see a shootout there. But then, you know, the, the first game of the day between Yale and Denver, Denver able to cover. They're a weird team, man. Like, I can't get a read on Yale yet. I know Denver's good. But every time I look at one of their games, they, they can't get over the 10-goal mark, it seems. It's it's so interesting because we think of them as, like, one of the more skilled teams in the, in mm-hmm. the country. Like, they ha- have these guys that can – they have such depth offensively that they can – anybody can go off. Um, but you just don't see that. And they also have a huge face-off advantage. Like, yeah. um, Stathakis is is a top three face-off guy in the country, and they are consistent. They consistently have the advantage, but they just don't – they don't convert. Um, I, I – obviously, I've, I've loved Denver ever since I first, like, started watching the cross, and I'm a huge fan of them. I just, like – I wish they can be more consistent. I – I still think they can win the Big East because it's that wide open now with Villanova, Georgetown, and them. So, yeah. depending on who they draw, you know, if they can get the one seed, not have to play either of those two, and get a, you know, kind of a cakewalk to the championship. You know, we might because at this point they have to win out to make the yeah. tournament. They have no marquee wins, I would say, especially with how loaded the ACC and the Big Ten have been this year. Yep. Um, but it would it would suck to draw Denver in the first round if you're a team. And you know they win the big if they win the Big East they're probably a home team hosting a game and you're like Rutgers or even Penn State and you got to go to Denver round one like that's like that sucks that's just the worst outcome yeah if you're if you get matched up with them it's just not not ideal right and then uh, the Canisius Fund took a tough loss it was twenty five and a half it was twenty five so. Dude, the Canisius Fund. I'm. I, it's two, it's I'm out two and Canisius three. Fund. I've been out in the Canisius Fund. See, you got you got to get in early. I'm in early. I'm invested. Okay, I'm. I'm out. They play again tomorrow. There's another chance to win, and we're doing it again. So I'm right. ready to be hurt again. But that also brings us to a big chunk of games here, where Georgetown and Richmond, absolute dog fight, pretty big win from the Hoyas. If they would have lost that one. And drop to one and four. That would have been tough. I'm not going to shit on Georgetown. I got other teams I want to shit on today. Oh, Michigan. Wait, wait, don't want to shit on Georgetown. Are you sure? Uh, it looks like, I, it looks you know, like they, they those, those boys down in D.C. might be turning their season around. Just eh, after, not, after the hardest start 
in college across, what do you know? They're winning. That might be Penn, Penn might have that now because when I was prepping for the Penn St. Joe's game, their first six games are all ranked teams, and it just keeps going because the whole Ivy League was ranked. They might not have an unranked team on their schedule. I mean, that's great for the RPI. Big time, but um, we'll get to them. Um, big win from Manhattan. Shout out to Coops. Love what they're doing. They're receiving votes in the top 20 this week. Um, that one's great. Maryland-Albany really had no interest in this game. Um, I think Albany's hype has just really dropped in the last couple of years. They feel like they're just another team in the in the in the midst of twenty five to forty five. I'd say they're kind of just somewhere in there. They don't have the the flash that they used to. They don't have that one stud that you hear about. They had Erlin, they had Fields, they had the Thompsons. Like that whole aspect is just gone now. So tough one for Albany. Um, NJIT buzzer beater win against Lindenwood. That's 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 a big game. We don't we don't support. Uh, Coach Wolf at NJIT. He's not a good guy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not gonna support him, but I'll I'll support the guys on the team. I'll support them. Um, North Carolina smacked the shit out of Brown. Again, that's coming up soon. Um, really, a lot of these games, you know, the the battle for New Jersey. Rutgers big win against Princeton. I think I think Princeton is getting a little it sounds like they might be the little bit of the overrated team and i also think like i don't i'm just not sold on ruckers i don't know why i just like don't i just don't see them as as being the same ruckers teams years past they just don't they don't excite me they're just ruckers and they're doing yeah, well but, but they're just ruckers. but you but you say that and they keep winning they do they keep winning against utah and St. They're one, they're one and, game, they're one bad game in Army away from being undefeated. Uh, yes, but they also, I mean, again, I mean, you don't, you don't pick who you play, although you do. Um, but wins over Maris, Stony Brook, St. John's, Utah are not anything to ride home about if you're I, Rutgers in the Big Ten. Loyola is a good win, and Princeton is looks like a good win. Those. I don't know what Princeton ends up being, but we'll we'll see. I'm just not I'm just not excited about the Scarlet Knights. That's all I have to say. Hey, I I get it, but I mean, this next month we're really going to see that because they do play UMass, who's always a weird team to play. They have a good goalie. They have a they have a, a decent offense. I'd say they're deep or they're off good goalie. Defense is okay. Offense scores weird ways, or they don't not they're not flashy, but they're not going to grind you down to death. They're not explosive, but then they go on. You know, then they have to play the entire Big Ten schedule, which is mm-hmm. right now pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, so, you know, big win by Rutgers at home, especially in overtime. Those are big-time wins. And then the main games that we got to hear on the slate right now, Notre Dame just demolishing Ohio State. I missed the first quarter for that one. I got home at, at halftime. Um, I was driving. And then I, I just don't know how Ohio State – what do you do on offense all week? Dude, that team is like couldn't be under like under their expectations more. Like they they don't have anything going for them, and they should have everything going for them. They have all the players they need. They have all the talent they need. They just don't put it on the field. That makes me point to the coaching staff. Like how the like Nick Myers, USA 
team coach, like, what the what the fuck are you doing over there? Like, they're just they're getting absolutely smoked by Notre Dame. Granted, Notre Dame is a great team and a team that I, I picked to win the national championship, but like Humble Brad. Kidding me? No, but if, if you take out those two garbage goals, almost three garbage goals against Cornell, their last three games or four games, they've scored either eight, ten, six, and three goals. So again, they're giving up 16, 16, 17. Like if you're an elite defense, they have two of the best cover guys. Maybe their chemistry just sucks. But the Kavanaugh yeah. brothers are fucking fun to watch. I'll tell you that. It's like Hell yeah. I wish they were twins because it'd be so cool to have them for like another year. Um, I mean, that offense is so deep. Their defense like smothers you in transition. And then it's like pick your poison on that offense because they have six guys that can all score. They already had a great defense and they added Chris Fake, which is absurd. Playing in front of Liam Entman, which is, you know, debatably the best goalie in the country, if not the top three goalie. Um, they, they just have everything. They have everything you need. I can't I, – I, I look forward to these playoff matchups for Notre Dame versus guys like Maryland and Virginia. Well, we're, we're going to get to that for sure. Um, also, though, Notre Dame, it seems like they're that team that really, like, missing the tournament last year was kind of like a shock. They're like, wait, you're not going to put us in? Good. And now it's like, now we're going to roll everybody. And Well, they des- I mean, they deserve that. I don't want to hear the BS. They did not perform last year. They deserved to not be in the tournament. I won't get into it, but I was I was hyped up about it last year. Yeah. And then um, Villanova upsets Penn, I guess. You, uh, technically not an upset. Nova's trying to tire. Weird game um, in the Philly Four Classic where we also saw St. Joe's fucking choke on to Drexel again, which was not great. Um Hopkins and Cuse up at the Dome. Kind of a big win from Hopkins to go from UVA and then play Cuse. Uh, Cuse, is, they're, they're just losing steam by the week. Um, it seemed like they had a lot of hype on that team coming into the year. Some transfers, Spelina. Like, at this point, you're on. You're the primetime game a lot of the times, and they're just, like, they're just not getting it done. I think they're, uh, they weren't ranked in the preseason. I don't think they were expected to be – you know, Syracuse of old. And I think you're seeing that. You mean you expect them to lose to Maryland. You expect them to lose to Duke. I don't think the North Carolina game was something they were expecting to lose, but you know, you laid an egg there. And then Hawkins is good this year. Another team that we didn't really expect to be that great, but you know, they're a chippy team. They'll, 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 fucking, they'll throw hands. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll give it to you. Well, the, uh, you know, I, I know we didn't talk about it last week, but that Duke game, I mean, and that's why I took Duke over Loyola. They hit 15 pipes and Will Mark had 27 saves. Like, tw- I mean, 27 saves is fucking bonkers. And then if you want to change the pipes, like seven goals swing either way, like then Duke blows them out. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they've lost four in a row. They got Hofstra tomorrow. They should mop them. St. Bonnie's, they should mop them. Hobart, always a weird fucking game. They always play like on a Tuesday night. Um, and then they roll into the ACC play, which I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to circle Virginia and Duke and Notre Dame as losses. So I don't think they're they're out of conference schedule. Isn't isn't helping them by any? Like they got to. They're not going to make the tournament. I'm I'm sorry. They're not going to make the tournament. No, no, they're not. They need a miracle. So that that'll do it from them. Um, and then rounding out the rest of that week, pretty much touched touched on every game. And then Virginia Towson, 
Um, Towson's goalie kept them alive in the first quarter. He had 10 saves. They Towson had a few chances where they could have taken the lead, extended it, and then it's that you're the lesser team, you're on the road, you make one mistake, and then boop, goal, and then you lose the next faceoff, they score in transition. And it's like, all right, well, that's a three-goal swing in 25 seconds. And you're yep. just – next. I mean, they average 19 goals a game for UBA. So if you're going to beat them, like, you got to – like, it, it's impossible. You got to have a stellar defense, and your offense has got to be able to put up numbers. Um, I mean, I'm, I, it looks like the only team that can, is going to be able to compete with Virginia is Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. And then shout-out to Terry Foy for inside lacrosse, this fucking dummy, right? He goes – I think I think it's Virginia and Notre Dame, and then everybody else. Maryland took Notre Dame to triple overtime a week ago. What are you talking about? I yeah, I mean that was an awful take by him. <laughs> like, um, an absolute awful take, not understanding anything or the schedule whatsoever. Um, and then I don't think I don't Hopkins think takes, takes Virginia to like a two goal game. I yes, I don't think Maryland matches up well against Virginia. Granted, it's any given Saturday; you never know what's going to happen. But, like, on paper, they don't match up. But, again, that's why we play the games. It's it's funny that you say they don't match up. Like, I think Maryland is going to be able to hang with them for some reason because they're going to – they're not going to get smoked at the X. Yeah, UVA like, – then, like, dude, like, it's going to be, like, when they played last year and Maryland kind of took care of them. Granted, that Maryland team was all-time last year. But Maryland's offense is starting to kind of get going. You know, they're starting to score 15, 16 goals a game. And they have Weirman, who I think is better than LaSala. Absolutely. So, so that – and UBA's goalie kind of sucks too. He's not bad. He's better than people think. Um, it was nice. I, I don't think – I mean, Maryland lost their – Maryland lost their goalie. I mean, they've got a freshman playing who's crushing it. But, like, Maryland is down a goalie too. I just, I just don't – this is a game next week – that will go over when we do the previews, but I'd like to see what the line is when that comes out. Yeah, they're they're not out yet. I think I think Vegas is on to me. It's giving out so many winners, and they're delaying these lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I I think looking kind of at the top twenty here, you know, Virginia and Notre Dame receiving, you know, the only two teams receiving votes. I like Duke at three. I think they've earned that. Um, Maryland, obviously, if you know one. One bounce goes the other way in that Notre Dame game. You know, they're probably number two in the country. That Loyola loss is just going to be kind of like weird to me for the rest of the year. And then Penn State making probably, and and we're going to get to this now, I guess, for, you know, they were my best bus ride beating Cornell the way they did 10 to six. Holding that offensive Cornell to six goals is pretty remarkable. Um, Their goalie, I think, saved 73% of his shots. Absurd. So absurd. So I mean, like, if if is that sustainable to get all the way to May and play Memorial Day weekend? No, I don't think any college goalie is going to be saving it seventy percent of the time. I don't know. You, maybe it maybe you save your goalie having that type of performance for when you're playing Maryland in the in the uh, the Big Ten playoffs. But um, you know, them in Rutgers five and six, Cornell drops to seven, which is fair. You know, Yale kind of moves up. Nova, I I just don't think they're a top ten team in my opinion. Um, I don't know, dude. They just—they're just like—they're—they're—they're they're, they're performing. I don't know if they are either. I don't—I don't see them as a top ten team, but they just like—they're just 
they're just getting it done. It's, I, yeah. I totally agree with you. Like going from 18 to or sorry, going, going up 18 spots all the way up to number nine is absurd, but like they just keep getting it done. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, they're one above Hopkins and one above Loyola or two above Loyola. And then this, this comes the team that, I mean, talk about benefiting from the preseason rankings. Like I said, the fuck is Jacksonville done besides beat Duke? Nothing. Like, and they have, and they play a pussyfoot schedule. Right. But now they're 12. So Duke's one loss is to the 12th best team in the country. They play three games that are probably going to be you know, tough for them. And then if they don't win the conference, like they're not going to get an AQ by any means. But like, w- would they if they have one loss or two losses? I I don't think they do. But if they would, that is beyond fucked. I I don't I don't think that's a situation that would ever happen. There's no way Jacksonville would be an at large. Like they, there's, they have there's one no- loss to Hopkins at home. And they're only and they're only top twenty win against Duke. So, like, I don't know. It's just it, it's just I don't think you can give like they they won't get an AQ. No, no not an AQ. No, a uh, at large. But yeah, right. I don't, I don't think they will. But like they literally play one of the softest schedules out there. They're gonna they're gonna find their way into the top ten by the end of the season just because they're not gonna lose. Right, and then we're also going to start seeing, um, you know, teams just start playing each other in the top 20, which is finally kind of what we want, um, right. you know, all the non-conference stuff's out of the way. But then, you know, rounding out the next, you know, the 20, it's Carolina, Ohio State, Army, Penn, Princeton, Georgetown, BU, and Michigan. And, you know, the teams receiving votes, I think, are all kind of interchangeable in that 15 to 30 range pretty much now. But – you know, I mean, I, I think, and we're, we're going to get to this now, you know, teams, you know, is the Big Ten what the Ivy League was supposed to be this year? Because right now, the entire conference is in the top 20. I think the Big Ten is what the Ivy League was last year. And I think there's, this is something that I was not, I don't think I was, would say expecting, but the emergence of a, of a team like Penn State, you know, Michigan's not going to, you know, roll over and die, but they're going to have a tough schedule once they get to Big Ten play. Um, Ohio State not being what we expected, but still being in the top 20. Um, and then Maryland is Maryland. And then you have Rutgers. And, again, I, I've said my piece with Rutgers. I don't I don't know how they do in the Big Ten tournament or the Big Ten schedule, but we'll see what happens. Um, but I could easily see, like, if the, if the Ivy League is going to – like underperform this year, then you can see the Big Ten being an Ivy League type team, an uh, Ivy League type conference from the year before. Good point, T. Uh, moving into some segments now, which we always love. Do a little bit men, men up, men down of the week, where you know I, I definitely think pretty self-explanatory for my men up. I'm going to go with Schellenberger going four and six against Towson, putting up a ten piece. Um, it's crazy. They were doing a little bit of um I guess you could call it behind the scenes with him and Anish was talking and so was Quint who's been I, I think Quint's been I don't know what he did this offseason but he's he's getting even more hateable right now. He's got a fucking stick up his ass. He's being such a douchebag. Yeah I I it I don't know what I like he knows so much about the game and when he's on it's great. But he's just like it's just something seems up with him. He seems like he's like just discounting any team that's not 
a like an all-time program. And, and it's and it's bad for the game. Like it's yeah. bad for the growth of the game, and it's bad. Like people like look up to you as a role model, and like you're, you're gonna every single person that plays across, you're just gonna talk shit on if they don't go to a top five school in the country. Like you're being an asshole. Yeah, I and you know they were talking about like Schellenberger, how he had like one goal in the last like couple games, and it's like. Yeah, no shit. He doesn't have to score every game. Like, just feed to Xander Dixon and Peyton Cormier. Like, yeah. I the thing that I the thing that I have said about Schellenberger is like, yes, he's fucking nasty. Like, I'm not denying that he's nasty. I just think like in the national championship game when you need a goal, and they're gonna there there might be a case to be made that Notre Dame or Maryland or Cornell or whoever it is in the final in the championship puts their best defender on Schellenberger, lets him get the ball, and just doesn't let him feed. And, like, yeah. let's see what happens. Let's see you score a goal. Like, I, I feel like that's a thing. No, I mean, you're 100% right. I know, like, you know, the years where they – the year they beat – or they beat um, Maryland two years ago, you know, he was, he was pretty lights out. But then last year they don't let him, you know, win that game. Maryland was a wagon last year. It's totally different. But, right, right. you know, he puts up 10 goals. If he or ten points, if he doesn't put up ten points, I'm not saying they lose to Towson, but it's a lot closer than that. He's definitely um, a difference maker, but uh, it's I don't know who uh, who you don't, who's your man up this week, T. Man up, I'm going back to the well. He's been my man up before. Tim Marseal, John Hopkins goalie. I've I've said it in the past, like Hemi Marseal, Tim Marseal, the backup or not the backup, the the. Under 5'10", five, 5'9", five, goalie combo. The kid is just scrappy. He plays with so much confidence. 21 saves, 70% against Cuse in the Dome. Like, I just – they were, by the way, they're my best bus ride too, Hopkins, with a, with a great performance. I, I'm slowly becoming a bigger and bigger Hopkins fan, although, like, I kind of am already. I, I'm surprised they bring their band on the road. I'm not. I guess like that's the same thing as being a college football team, but like and Hopkins across his football is a football yeah, equivalent. I mean, it's just imagine you're just like, oh yeah, I'm the trumpet guy. And you're like, oh yeah, we're going to Cuse this weekend. It's like, oh god damn it! Like I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Like exactly. So that so they're also your best bus ride. Yeah, they're my best bus ride. Okay, a long ass trip up to Syracuse, New York, and just. Get, they get a good win, you know. They're just they're doing their thing. They're taking care of business. Yeah, and I think Hopkins is a team that they're not just building for this year. Like this, this is going to be a huge year for next year too. Absolutely, because you know you had the new coach come in. The Petromal era is done. It's year three. Now you're getting year four. Like you're starting to get all your players in, and you're starting to kind of build like what your program wants to be. Well, now. All those kids that you've lost in recruiting over the past couple of years because you guys kind of stunk, now you're going to start getting those kids again. So it, it's kind of a big, big step in the right direction. Um, Hold on. I got a uh, I got a gripe for Inside the Cross. Johns Hopkins roster on Inside the Cross is all seniors. They have everybody listed as a senior. <laughs> just just senior-led program. Seniors? The – I guess my best bus ride, um, and – I fucking hate this school. I hate this pro. Like, I hate Penn State. I just, I hate the Kool Aid drinking. I hate it. Even though I'm a ride or die with the Hawks here, but Penn State winning it at Cornell. 
I didn't think it was going to be even close. I took Cornell minus three. And you go up there and dominate just in all facets of the game. And credit to Cornell, like, their goalie also played pretty well. But if you're saving it 70%, like, it, it's so hard to win when the other team's goalie's that hot. So, Penn State, congratulations. I'll compliment you now, but I'm praying for your demise. Um, Same. Now, with all the good in the world does come the bad. T, who's your man down this week? Man down. And listen, for for man down, listen, this is, this is what I'm going to say about our man down. We're not calling guys out. We don't want to be the people who are saying you stink or, right. you know, you're you're terrible at lacrosse, blah, blah, blah. Think of being man down of the week as motivation. You know what? You can I'm get better. Those guys wrong. I'm going to get better. That's not who I am. So my man down of the week is um, Eric Pacheco from the loyal face-off guy. He went eight for 22 at the X. And listen, when you go up against these legit face-off guys, you know, Naso, Zach Cole, um, Weirman, like the whole the whole gambit, like it's hard. It's hard. I get it. Yeah. But you, you just imagine like walking out there like, yeah, I got to go back out there. This guy's going to fucking pinch and pop me in front <laughs> yeah. of goal. And then I get to walk back up to the X and try to make sure he doesn't do it again. Like, And your teammates are like talking to you, being like, yo, come on, man. Like, yo, come you on, got Pacheco. You got it, dude. Yeah, Checo, I know you got it, dude. Don't worry. Like, oh, I feel bad for him. He's my man down. But I know you're going to be better, Eric. You're going to get it back this week. Yeah. And the good part for Leola is in the Patriot League, like, that's wide open. Like, wide any, open. any team can win that one. So, I mean, also the Patriot League. Having that many teams and having multiple rounds, like that kind of sucks. Like if you're if you don't get a buy in the Patriot League, that's so ass to have to play all those games too. The Patriot League is so tough. I don't know why they still are like have that format at this point. They seem to be like the odd conference with so many teams, but also has such a big conference tournament. Like, I don't know. But if you're but if you're a team like Loyola, you know, you're four and two. You have wins against Hopkins and Maryland. Towson certainly looks like you'd win. Your one your losses are to Duke and Rutgers. Very respectable. You go on a run here and you beat all the teams you're supposed to and you play Georgetown later in the year, you might be able to get an at-large. Um, definitely, depending on how they depending on how they play in the in the Patriot League tournament, if they get there and they take like you said, they take care of business. I think that's definitely possible. They could definitely get an at-large, but yeah, so I I, I wouldn't hit the panic button with them um no. by any means, but looking at now that was your man down, my man down. I'm I'm gonna go a different route here. Um, I'm taking the whole gander, the TJ, and oh, I just want to get uh, this is just a public service announcement. We are in an era where there's cameras everywhere. Everyone knows everything. Word spreads super fast. You can't hide anywhere. When I see like teams get arrested or suspended or guys like just like hazing and shit dude it's, it, those days are over grow it's up done not even grow up because we were like everyone's a college bozo i get it but like you work your ass off end of august september october half of november you're grinding in december january february especially if you're brown who's gonna be my band down of the week a noise complaint up there like, just 
is it fucking worth it if you're a senior? Like, you already lost a year for COVID. You only get four in the Ivy League, so chalk that one up. Now you're probably going to have to transfer a year. And now you're just – like, it's just – it's just fucking stupid. It is. It's it's pathetic. I mean, I I to me, it sounds like there's probably more there. Like, I don't think it's just a noise complaint that got right. these seniors that got these seniors uh, suspended for a game. Right. But it sure does look bad. No one way or the other. Yeah. Like, it's just it's not worth it. And then I forget what other team, but like um, like a basketball program, I think they got like suspended, like season canceled for hazing. Yo, you can't haze anymore. It's over. Yeah, like, There's like a zero tolerance policy. Like, you, you got to be smarter. It's not worth it. You, again, you can party the rest of your life. Go ahead. But you only have four years to play college across. So, you know, that's coming, right. from, oh, that's coming from a guy who had his fair share of fuck-ups. Hand up, right? Look in the mirror. But my worst bus ride, that is going to go to the Ohio State University. And I'm on there with you. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're, we're tag teaming this because we said it earlier in this episode. You have two great defensemen. You have a great attackman in, in Myers. Your head coach is is one of the best in Division One. You, you have all the resources. You got a brand new fucking complex that they dumped a lot of money into. You're in a top three conference, and you go and lay fucking three goals on the road. In the two o'clock window against Notre Dame, Buckeyes, three goals. That ain't beating Maryland. That ain't beating Rutgers. It ain't beating Penn State, and it probably ain't going to beat Hopkins. So, you and Michigan can fucking yeah. You probably roll every team in football. That's great. But Kyle's across. You scored three fucking goals. You get a game score all quarter. This is this is just. I, I just don't know. We talked about it earlier. Like, what are, you, what, what are you doing? Like, you have all the resources you could possibly need, and you just lay an egg every day. I don't know. It, it, it's it not good. It's just, again, I think it's hard. It, it's not like college football where this team's very well known. Oh, we had a bad year. Like, you're just fired immediately. But for them to go to the national championship six years ago, and really not get back even close to that. Like, you got to strike when the iron's hot. And I don't know. I mean, again, Notre Dame might be one or two or three in the country. But Ohio State, like, you're not a top 10 team after that. A top 10 team puts up 12 goals, and that's kind of a game. I, like, yeah. And their, their goalie, I mean, I mean, granted, Notre Dame was shooting phenomenal. You know, the one man up, you know, Kavanaugh behind the back to his brother, to the, to the finisher up the hash, like, very good lacrosse, but also I'm going to throw my man down also into this one. Tag team. I'm, I'm throwing another one in. Another one. I understand, and I think she's a hell of a player in Charlotte North. That was a tough broadcast because it felt like she was – They like it was almost like, hey, like we're going to talk, and then, okay, now you can talk, Charlotte. Like I would rather see her just be the color with – a play-by-play guy and not have her just be the third option. Cause it, it just, it was weird. It was like, you have two grown men who are probably the pinnacle of the sport and commentary. And then they're like, kind of like feeding their little sister the scraps. And also like, she was good. Like her, yeah, commentary, her color was great. Like it was like, she did a very good job. I don't know if she's done that in the past. I don't know if she's been in the I college she, commentary. She I has. think she has, I think she has, but it's again, 
we have plenty of guys that cover women's lacrosse, and it's very hard to break through in a men's-dominated sport as a woman. I get that. She's a fucking superstar. Just give her her own slot then. Let her absolutely. Let her absolutely. have a fucking role in the game. And, like, she's too well-known. Like, don't throw her on the sideline. She's not like Aaron Andrews. Like, don't do that. She knows the game. So I just thought it was a, a – because, trust me, there's plenty of games that could use another color commentator because we see it all the time – where these games have one guy calling it, and he's got to do both. It's so oh, hard to brutal. do. It's brutal. And I'm sure you know. You've been there. It's fucking tough. Yeah, it's dude, tough to do as a play-by-play guy. And, like, I don't know. Definitely, I'm 100% with you. Man down for the fucking ESPN lacrosse producing team. Like, yeah, just give her, you should give never her. put her on a, on a third wheel in a commentary role behind Kark. Like, yeah. she should be in her own game. No two ways about it. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was a very missed opportunity. And, like... It's so tough to compare men and women's lacrosse. Like it's not the same sport, and it just felt like they were just trying to shove it. Really, like, oh, it's like it, it's just too hard to compare. It's apples to oranges. Yeah, too too in, hard. Just can't be done. In that sense, so I, that was my man down. Um, T, I know the lines aren't out yet, but there is one line out that we can talk about, and I I, I think I think you're gonna I think you're gonna ride this game with me. Um, you know, the slate for Tuesday, March fourteenth. Really, nothing tickles me there. Um, Wednesday, nothing there, but Friday, St. Patty's day. It's a shame. Notre Dame's not playing on Friday. Honestly, I know. Right. Um, Duke, North Carolina, you want to talk about a rivalry. That's kind of just with, I guess, coach K and Roy Williams stepping down. Like the basketball hype is, it wasn't there this year. Um, and honestly, either this game, like I know Duke right now, I believe they're minus three and a half. I'm taking Duke again. See, I I looked at this line a couple times and I came back to it to see if it moved. It hadn't. I'm literally logging into DraftKings right now and it still has not moved. The juice is on North Carolina. Like they have the better odds. So like I want to take Duke minus three and a half. I really do. I just I just it something tells me that these teams know each other and North Carolina is playing well. Uh, Grant, Grant Duke is the same way. I just, when we get to the picks this week, I might change my mind. But right now, I, I it's, it's 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 scary. It's it's a little scary. The the Duke team that I saw on Friday against Loyola, like if that team comes out and plays, I mean, you might as well pencil them into into the Final Four weekend. And yeah, a hundred a hundred percent. Because but that as team, we know, they they don't want to show up every Saturday. Well, let me. While we're while we're here, let me just pull my trusty intern sheet here. Um, now, I know Carolina's had a few nice wins this year. I think they're definitely an interesting team. You know, again, they smacked Mercer, they beat Hopkins, they, I mean, they fucking lose to Ohio State. They scored five against Ohio State. They put up nineteen against Cuse. They lose to Denver nine eight, and then they smack Brown, who's you know, Brown's Brown. But this Carolina offense, like, I know Logan McGovern's kind of their main guy, and you got Goldsmith and Tillman and DeMarco and, and whatnot, but outside of McGovern and Tillman, there's not a lot of assists on that team. So they're very ISO-heavy, dodging team. I think Duke's defense is starting to come into their own right now, where you're starting to see why these guys are all five and four stars. Like, you're not just gonna beat them one on one. You're gonna have to move the ball. And if Naso's winning faceoffs, 
and they can kind of play and make it take it again because their offense is shooting the shit out of the ball. I'd be more worried if Duke just takes their foot off the gas and North Carolina backdoor covers. I, I don't I don't see anything I don't think anything you said was wrong. I, th- Thank I you. think the, I think what the problem is is you don't know what Duke team comes up on a Saturday and that's the unfortunate truth. And that's why that's why right now I'm not taking them. If you know that later on in the week this might come around and be like, you know what, I feel good about that. I'm gonna change my mind. But right now I just I just don't know what the, I don't know what team is gonna come play on Saturday. I just don't. Well, I will also say before and again, we gotta take a break here, but there are some pretty nice matchups throughout with Yale taking on Cornell, Towson versus Drexel in the CAA. That's a huge game in regards to standings there. Um, Penn State, Marquette. Penn State should honestly roll. If if Penn State can do what Notre Dame did to Marquette, then you know I'll I'll, I'll put the for real tag on them. And you know the rest of the day, like Michigan, Notre Dame. Let let's see what the Wolverines have, because you're back in the top twenty. You're playing Notre Dame. If they come out and give me the Ohio State performance, I don't want to hear another peep about Michigan this year. I mean, I'm not I'm not giving them anything. Like they're they're the bottom of the Big Ten. Like they, this is this is when they the, the losing streak. They can they can lose every game from now on out. Like right, and then we see Rutgers, UMass. We uh kind of kind of tickles the the fancy a little bit. Virginia Maryland, that's the one everyone's going to be watching. Two o'clock. Um, that better not be on Big Ten Plus. Um, Virginia's the home team, so it's Virginia's ACC home network. team. So it, at least on AC Network, that's like an ESPNU matchup, but we won't get that. Well, and then Penn and, Penn and Princeton, you know that that one. I don't. I'm not ripping off the part of my take, guys, but that could be an also a loser leaves town type of game. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can write off either team, but I mean, either one of those teams has probably fallen out of the top 20 with a loss. If, if Penn's Fogo's not back yet, I think Sandoval for Princeton can, can really put that game in, in the hands of the Tigers, but seeing Penn play and, you know, faceoffs fucking matter, man. Like, like they, you know, that Nova game, nine, eight, like, you know, I, I think Penn's offense is more talented than that. But T North Carolina also plays Sunday against Dartmouth, which is, you know, say what you want, but two games in three days, always tough. And then Denver, Ohio State Sunday afternoon. Um, that might be Ohio State's funeral if they don't win that game. Yeah, that that I can't even agree with you with. That's a that's a nail in the coffin for Ohio State. And then Duke plays Monday. Who plays on a Monday this uh, late in the year? I- this is when this is when they get a little cocky. I would take Air Force as an upset pick. They've done it in the past. It's almost like, well, with March Madness going on, you know, obviously a lot of games are going to be watching college basketball. But, like, Vermont beat Syracuse, like, 20 years ago in the tournament. And I see Vermont in the NCAA tournament this year, and I'm like, well, they beat Syracuse back in the day. Like, that has no impact on this game. But you, Air Force is playing Queens on Saturday and then Duke on Monday. Never mind. Forget what I just said. You want to go play Duke on a day's rest? Are you fucking high? Yeah. And I mean, Duke this year, you know, they're six and one. So they've already played seven games eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15. I mean, they'll play 15 games this year. They have these two back to back home games and then they go on a three game road stretch. They play Virginia twice within two weeks. 
that's kind of fucking nuts. Um, yeah, man. Um, until we get these lines in, we'll pause now. But overall, pretty solid week. I think we'll really get this this week up and coming is going to let us know who's for real and who's out. One hundred percent. And and I can't you can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Until then, um, we're going to throw it back to ourselves in a day or so. So if you're listening to this right now, we're going to time travel a little bit. Ahead. Whoop! Whoop! Now, for those, this is in live time, but we're back in time. But this is our live selves talking now that the lines have dropped for college lacrosse heading into week six. See, there's a lot of games where outside of gambling, I think we could say it's a very kind of who's who week for teams across the country. And it starts Friday night down in Durham, North Carolina, where we have right down Tobacco Road, the Tar Heels come to Duke. T, I don't know what your thoughts are right now. I, I, you know, this is one of the games where we are on the same page. I think it's Duke minus three and a half all day, and you can't talk me out of it otherwise. Yeah, I don't. I definitely won't be talking out of it for the most part. I'll be jumping on that bandwagon. I don't think. Um, I don't. I think the three, the line at three and a half, is a good one for this game. Like I think North Carolina has definitely figured some things out, but I think we're watching Duke kind of come into form. Um, heading into April or heading into March, I should say, and then kind of getting into the meat of their meat of their schedule. Um, this is, I feel like, Duke has the faceoff advantage. Um, North Carolina has a little bit of a stronger defense um, as a whole. I think Duke, in its parts, um, is a better defense. And then I don't know, I don't know how you're stopping this Duke offense right now. They're rolling um, from North Carolina's perspective. Again, they have a good group as a whole but their pieces aren't the same. I don't see one of those guys taking over this game. Um, and for that reason, we're do- going with Duke minus three and a half. Yeah. And, you know, multiple times this year for North Carolina, when they're playing these better ranked teams, they're not even scoring 10 goals a game in two of their losses to Ohio State, which is looking worse and worse by the week. And to Denver, they scored eight goals. So if you take out that 25-3 to three romping against Mercer, you know, that's going to bring down – I mean, that's just inflated. And then to beat Brown last week with, you know, half their senior class suspended. So I think they're giving North Carolina the benefit of the doubt here. But Duke minus three and a half. They have the best, they have the best player on the field. And, I mean, that, that just wraps it up from this they, one. They, they might else. have the best five players, top five players on the field. Like, they just – yeah. They just match up well. I think it's a classic rivalry, but I think Duke's the side. Duke minus three and a half. That's the play here. Um, now, I did a breakdown video yesterday on TikTok about Yale versus Cornell. Um, I think this is going to be – this kind of sets the stage for the Ivy League with the way that Princeton's gone the past couple of weeks and with Penn having some you know major injuries right now hampering them. I think one of these two teams is going to be the clear-cut favorite to win the Ivy League. Um, with that being said, there's stars all over the field here. You know, the matchup to watch is going to be Gavin Adler. Uh, shout out to the dude on TikTok that told me I got the name wrong. I did. There's a lot of Adlers that play high level lacrosse. So, Tons of them. shame on me. Hand up. Hand um, up. Him versus Brandau is going to be the marquee matchup, you could say. Um, to be honest, I'm leaning and I'm actually taking Yale minus one and a half here. They've won you know, six out of the last nine matchups. They split last year. Cornell got the better uh, edge of them 
Earlier in the year, Yale won in the Ivy League tournament. I just think Yale has too many pieces on offense to, to for Cornell to try and slow down. And the face-off battle for this one is going to be a toss-up because both yeah. teams are under 50%. Cornell has been using three different guys. Um, Ramsey from Yale hasn't been that great. You know, he's under 50%. But, you know, last week Penn State holds, you know, holds Cornell to 28% shooting, which it, I just don't think that's going to happen again. Um, and for that, I'm taking Yale minus one and a half. Yeah, I think to your to your point on the face-off battle, last week, you know, Ramsey goes against Stathakis, or Stathakis, who's just, you know, he's a top-five face-off guy in the country. He's very underrated, in my opinion. Um, he did well against UMass, and they were able to kind of, like, handle that team, which is a good matchup. Um, I think this is, like you said, this is going to come down to um, – what I think is the is the is a better Yale offense as a unit versus Cornell's defense. Um, I like Chase Erland in net. Um, I honestly love the the goalie battle on both sides, Chase Erland versus Jared Paquette. Um, I'm in the camp that Jared's a little bit overrated, but the kid just gets it done. Um, just gets it done. So I I I agree with you. Yale minus one and a half is probably the play here. I'm not going to touch this one. Um, like you said, the matchups historically are, are tight. So. Um, you can easily see, you know, Yale winning by a goal, having the ball late in the game, and then dumping in a couple empty nets to cover the spread. So, um, no, no gripes here. It's wild that Penn State beat both these teams too. I, I, I did not have that on my bingo card to start the year that Penn State would be the champs of the Ivy League. I did not have that written down. Um, they're on a tear. Next game, I know you're not touching this one. Um, Penn State versus Marquette. Penn State minus five and a half. If if they can do what Notre Dame did to Marquette earlier this year, and they can, you know, show me again. I know that I'm the, I'm pretty anti Penn State. Um, that's been pretty well known, but I'm not going to argue with a team that's on a hot streak right now, where they have impre- You know, they have three wins over the Ivy League. Their one loss is to Villanova by two on the road, and if they're able to kind of beat up on Marquette, then it, it starts to get real for Penn State. Um, I don't I know. Have, I think they have to handle business with this game. Um, you're coming off, obviously, two huge wins, three huge wins, just dominating the Ivy League in their past three games. Um, you're at home against a Marquette team that you should beat. Um, don't yep. let them hang around the first half. Don't let them, you know, get any confidence. Um, look at this Marquette team. They are very top heavy. They got two guys with 22 or 20 plus points in uh, Jake Stegman and Bobby O'Grady. And then the, the next, the next high score has nine points. I mean, that's a leading gotta, edge guy. That's, that's Luke Blanc. That's a leading edge guy. So we got to show Is he really? Guy. Chester? Where do, yep. where do you go to high school? Uh, he's a Seton Hall prep guy. Uh, the prep. Yeah. The real prep. Bobby um, O'Grady though. Watch out for him day after St. Patty's day. That's. Little little Irish fire, little Irish fire. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, Bobby O'Grady. And that, but T, if you look at Penn State, and granted, you know they have they played one, two, three, four, five, six games. They got five guys over 15 points on the year. Yeah. So it's it's not just one person who's taking over. They they almost have four of those guys almost with double digit assists. So they're sharing the rock. They're scoring in different ways. They have a pretty solid faceoff guy, and their defenseman, you know, last week, um, 
number 43. I'm trying to find his name. I I want to show him some love as well for the job he did on CJ Curse to yeah, Posey. you know. Yeah, I mean he held a you know two and one, which in the in the year the Curse has been having, that's pretty damn well. Um, he, I mean this kid will probably be an All American, just yeah. being honest. So if he's able to, if they're able to control this game, and really put Marquette in a bind, because outside of of this game, it now it starts to get real for Penn State, where you go to Maryland, Ohio State, Hopkins, Michigan, and Rutgers. So yep. it's make into or break time now. Into the heat of that Big Ten schedule. I mean, you know, shout out to uh, Anthony Kiedis, aka Jeff Cambroni, for getting his boys getting his boys playing this weekend or this weekend. This year. I mean, nobody was expecting this. <laughs> for one second, I was like, "Wait, that's the lead singer of the Chili Peppers!" Like, what the fuck? Look it up. Look this? it up. Great like, doppelganger. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. Um, now, this is where we start to differ. Virginia, Maryland. This, when this game came out this week, this is probably the matchup that everyone's been been waiting for, just because of the history with these two teams. You know, Maryland taking care of Virginia in the playoffs last year, get their revenge. Virginia beat them the year before uh, when they went on to win the Natty. This game, the 2 o'clock, you know, kind of late slot as well, which is always kind of nice where you get your first taste of the noon, the big noon face-off roll into this. Um, this game is at UVA, which I feel like every year they play at at either Maryland or in a cool stadium in the postseason, I feel like. Yeah, that's true. Great uniform matchup for this one. Um it's rare that we see Maryland as underdogs. I, I don't think they've been an underdog in the last three years. Three, yeah, three, probably even dating back to that COVID year. Yeah, you're probably right. So, you know, when I look at this game, number one, Virginia is incredible. Their offense is historic. I'm trying to find out if they're going to break the record for goals in a year, at least in the modern era, because when you're right. averaging 20 goals a game, I mean, it's – it's it's an it's just truly remarkable the talent they have, but it does worry me that they've been dominated at the X, but their goalie isn't Nunes isn't playing that hot. And he's not. Maryland he's, can score. Yeah, I think. I think the real the real question here is I, I'm always you always got to highlight the the specialist game because that is what like tips the scales in these in these close games. So you have two teams that are very, very good on all sides of the and every every aspect of the game, they're very good. Um I think it's gonna come down to whether um PD LaSala can like go toe to toe with Weirman. Do we think we do we think he can? I do. Maybe you don't. Um so that's number one. And then number two is is the freshman from Maryland going to be able to make some stops against this high-powered yeah. Virginia offense. Um, I can see, you know, this kind of being – I mean, he played against Notre Dame, but I just – and he played against Notre Dame. He wasn't great, but he was okay. I can see this kind of being where the floodgates open for a freshman who doesn't have that much experience, and I think that's where Virginia gets that advantage, and that two-goal that two like, two line is right where I'd like it to be. Um, I, but I agree with you. I don't think Nunes has been playing too standard. I'm a huge fan of his. I really like the way he plays. I really like his style. Um, 
I, I just see the, the line is too close. And when you look at the matchups, when it comes to the specialists positions, um, I have advantage Virginia. Um, it, it just is what it is. Yes. Yeah, so, so Virginia's been, and LaSalle's been LaSalle, sorry. Um, he has been over 50% in every game, but Ohio state, he was 48. So take that with a grain of salt, but you know, the Richmond game, he really dominated. I mean, they dominated that from top to bottom. But the Hopkins game, which was, you know, pretty – it ended up being closer than I think people expected. Um, he went 67%. But last week against Towson, he was 53%. Now, that game was a lot closer than I think anyone expected. He He's not going 75% against Weirman. I don't think he goes 65%. If – this is like a 65-70 or like 70-30 split with Maryland, and they're getting the first possession of the game. They're getting the first possession of the second quarter. They're getting the halftime. Like those are four possessions that usually UVA gets. So that's why I'm just going to take Maryland in this one. And like I feel like we disrespect this Maryland offense because there's no, there's no one wearing number one on it. These are still six guys that would start anywhere in the country without yeah. a doubt. And this UVA defense, to that degree, you know, like, I just, I don't, you know, there's, their defense is still giving up. Again, Taylor was a grain of salt, though. 12, 18, 21, 13. Like, besides Ohio State, whose offense stinks, Richmond, who's, you know, a mid-major team, they're still, they're giving up double-digit goals. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I don't know what the over is on this game. I feel like I, I, feel like, I feel like there's going to be more goals scored than people expect. I know Maryland's defense is good, but like I think UVA is going to get to 15 goals. Yeah, I mean it's going to be I mean Makar and Schellenberger, Ajak, and I, I guess you put them on Xander Dixon or if Peyton Cormier is back. Um, so that's where it's interesting. I think it's going to come down to the midfield and the middle of the field, mm -hmm. um, and. You know, if Maryland wins this game, well, shit. Like, then then we, it's a three-race team. You know, Notre Dame beats Maryland. If Maryland beats UVA, and then we got UVA-Notre Dame right around the corner. So, this, yeah. th this is a Final Four matchup. Um, you're going – you're taking the Who's minus two. I'm, I'm riding with the Terps as I'm riding with them right now in March Madness. Was at 56-56 with five under six to play. Yep. Yep, it's a ball game. There's got – and that's West Virginia. God damn it. All right. Uh, Penn Princeton. Um, we're, we agree on this one, which I hate again. I, I think Penn and watching their offense when they had Dylan Gergar versus when they haven't had him. And it's a, it's a, it's a three goal swing. He was shooting lights out before he got hurt. Yep. So I, Princeton like, is I like, mean, the thing with Princeton is, I, it's like a, it's a it's a risky take. Like I I get Penn is injured, um, and they're coming off of like a, a pretty tough schedule. The past, I mean, you go Georgetown, Duke, Penn State, St. Joe's wasn't a rollover game, and Villanova close game. Um, you come out of that stretch. T every T every game every game they play until Brown is at the time a top twenty team. Harvard might Harvard and Brown. I don't think they're going to be back in the top twenty. But then Dartmouth, who's undefeated right now in Albany. So most of their 
they've been playing top, they've been playing the best of the best for Penn. Exactly. Which and is, then you look which at is Princeton, crazy. who like ramped up their schedule, but they haven't been able to like compete with the competition they've been playing. Like they're a team that should have been closer with Maryland. They should have beat Georgetown, although those boys in DC, they're turning their season around. They're turning yeah, their we, season yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll see. And then Rutgers, like, I think they should have beaten Rutgers. So the, I, I just don't understand your hate for Rutgers. Like you you just I, fucking dude, hate them, not man. like I I don't know what it is either. I maybe I just want Brady Cordilla to start playing and then I'll start liking Rutgers. But like right. I just I'm just so I don't know. I'm just so out on them this year. I don't know why. Um, you know what? I'm actually gonna I'm gonna flip the script here. I'm gonna flip the script. I was gonna go Princeton with you, Princeton minus one and a half. I'm flipping the script. I'm taking Penn. All right. I I don't hate it. I I respect the decision. Um, it's gonna be interesting. And in, and in, in calling a Penn game this year, you you obviously learn a little bit more about these teams. You know, Hanley just draws so much attention on that offense. But if he gets his hands free now. Grant, he carved up St. Joe's. Like everyone's been doing that. But losing Gergar, who's probably their second best shooter. I mean, that kid was a that kid was a sniper. But their two-way middies are such a pain in the ass because Bond and Shipley can stay on the field. And then your O middies now have to play. Or sometimes they even get your attackmen stuck on defense. So do you want to burn a timeout? Do you want to drop into a zone? And then you have three guys on the other end that don't know what they're doing, and it's it's kind of chaos. But Princeton, Ivy League, smart guys. I don't think that's the case. I think this is a big bounce-back game for them. Um, I think their offense needs to just get it clicking for whatever reason. Now, if, they're, if they don't score 10 goals this game, get Princeton out of the top 20. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're uh, they're really teetering on that on that top 20. Uh, that top 20 slot. I mean, you have two wins in the beginning of the season against teams you showed, like we talked about, and then you're just like not playing to your competition. So a loss against Penn is, is a bad one for them. And then they stare down the barrel against Yale Brown and Syracuse, like not looking good well, for the Tigers. I know we, we, we do a lot of specialist talk here. You know, we're, we're an all around podcast. We're not just an offense and defense. Penn's faceoffs. Like if our series done and he's out, and they got to go with Costanzo. You know, Sandoval's had a tough little stretch. Now, granted, he did go against – he went against Weirman. He, you know, went against the Rutgers kid who I always blank on his name, but he's pretty solid. Like, Costanzo's, or Costanzo's at 37%. So if they're not getting possessions either, and Prince is able to just continue to hold – like, get the ball, that might be bad. But Penn's goalie, uh, Carroll, I thought – I think he's been very good this year when he's needed to be. And even Princeton's goalie now, you know, they Princeton have two has two games. good goalies, dude. Princeton, yeah. Princeton's goalies that they have uh, John Fricaro and Rackauer that are both good. Like I, I love, I honestly love Griffin Rackauer. I'm not sure what their situation is if they split time with him or it's kind of like a quick pull. Um, but Rackauer is good. So I think this is a good goalie matchup. I agree. Carroll has been playing well this year um, in his first year, kind of in competition. So, I mean. We kind of just yeah, got to see what happens, but I think this is a good matchup. Yeah, th- I'm also putting this one as just loser. L- there's no way whoever loses this game can win the Ivy League. And you really start yeah. to lose hope for any sort of at-large bids as well. So, you know, again, a, a make-or-break-it type of game. And then 
finally, the last game that I wanted to go over was Ohio State-Denver. But there isn't a line out yet. I think DraftKings or whoever runs the lines these days is just so backed up with March Madness. You know, big tech, they're laying comp- they're laying guys off left and right. So they might not have the, the, the bandwidth to keep everything running afloat because there's severely less lines this week. But you have an off the you have an off the grid pick for us. I have an off the grid pick for us. And I am not sure. I guess I have I have two off the grid picks. We'll go with two of them. Um actually no, I already I already did the tassel one. Never mind. Um off the grid pick. UMBC plus one and a half against Bryant. I have no idea where this line comes from. Absolutely no idea. UMBC is five and one on the year with a close, I'd say a close loss against Delaware. They lose by six, but Delaware's a good team. They've just been like taking care of business and just like slowly kind of doing their thing. Bryant is not the team that was running through the NEC with coach Pressler anymore. Like, they have a, They lose to Air Force this year. They lose to BU. Their schedule has been okay. Like, they beat Manhattan inside. Again, indoor games are completely different than outdoor games. Um, yeah, I, I hate I – hate, I, side note, I just hate the teams that are playing out, like, that have the dome. Like, I get it. I get Syracuse. I get it. You guys have a dome. But, like, what the fuck? It's, it's like, even – no, well the, well, the thing is, like, even it's – even the carrier dome is different from playing in these indoor facilities. Like these indoor facilities are essentially football training centers. There's no sideline. Every wall is white. And if you're a goalie, it's, it's impossible to see the ball in there. So like, I don't, I, I take all indoor games with a grain of salt outside of the carrier dome. It's a little bit of an asterisk, you know, those guys, there's, it's, it's a different setting. Um, but to get back to where we were, I don't. I just don't understand how UMBC can be an underdog in this situation. Again, they're at Bryant, so maybe that has to do with it. But this is a sneaky great pick, in my opinion. UMBC plus one and a half. I like it. I haven't watched too much of UMBC this year. Hand up on me. Um, got a lot of things going on, so I don't, I don't have that much time anymore. That's but fair. I think that's a fair game. I think another interesting game that we're going to see kind of where some teams are at. And again, I'm not even betting this one's just something I'm looking at. Utah Bellerman, you know, Bellerman's been getting a lot of love recently for what they've done. Again, come play some big boys and let's see how you do. But for the most part, T kind of wrapping up this week. Decent amount of games, but where it gets interesting is, you know, Duke plays Friday. Now they're playing Monday against Air Force at home. Where I think Duke's just been all year. I feel like they play every home game, it seems like. Um, but also on Sunday, we see Hopkins play Delaware and can Hopkins kind of keep riding this wave because Delaware is a sneaky good. I mean, they're, they're good. That's going to be a great matchup. I mean, where, where are each of those? I mean, Hopkins is top 10 in the poll. Is Delaware out of the top 20? They are. Um, yeah, they're out after that Nova loss and then they lost to. Um, they lost to Michigan, Michigan. but then they, they lost to them. But they but they smacked UMBC, and then you know they did they did what every team does to Monmouth and just mopped them. That like <laughs> Monmouth, <laughs> so cute. Um, I think Delaware. 
that's a uh, the Hopkins Delaware line. Whenever it comes out, if I had to guess, it'll probably be Hopkins like minus four, depending on how their game goes on Friday. Um, I th- oh. I mean I what I, I I think we should talk about it on this episode. Super okay. brief. Does have to go into de- in depth, but I did want to bring it up to you. We might have to open up our wallets because it's that time of the year starting next week. We're going to have to start paying for the Big Ten Network. What do you mean? Because because all these marquee matchups, whenever the Big Ten play starts, they just don't – they just want to put it behind the paywall. And starting next week, unless you have the Big Ten Network, you're not going to see Michigan Hopkins. You're not going to see – Maryland, Penn State, which is going to be – I mean, that's a huge fucking game. Ohio State Rutgers won't be able to see. And that's the one game on Sunday because the Big Ten – why they put games on Sunday, I don't get it. So so here's the thing. This is one thing I'll say. If, at least Big Ten Plus is like what? $10, I think it's $10 a month. Yeah, or like, it's not bad. And you can also pay for the, like one sport. Like you, you, can, you can pay for lacrosse, whereas the fucking well, Flow Sports subscription I mean, is $140. They, yeah, I mean, dude, we're gonna, we're in the stretch right now in these next two weeks of March with March Madness going on and these games. Like, just some of the matchups to look forward to. Like, Ohio State Rutgers. Like, if Ohio State loses that one in a week and a half, like, they're done. Freaking, oh, man, that Wednesday. The Wednesday mid-major slot on the 29th of March. Buckle the fuck up. Dude, you're looking way too far. Let's get through this week. I'm just – I'm just, I'm just the te- – dude, you got games on a Wednesday from noon to 7 p.m., and it is it's – a, it's a dog-eat-dog world there. You got LIU Wagner, Quinnipiac, Manhattan, Canisius, Siena, right. VMI, Mount down. St. Mary's. A little bit of, t- of a tease for the audience heading into next week. but uh, Yeah, I think know. this week it's going to be good. Um, finalizing the picks, we got you know about five or six plays on each. Again, I'm eight games above 500, giving out winners. T, if you have a good weekend, we could be sniffing 500. I'm I'm back. I could be back. So I need I need the, some of these guys to pull through. But we're we're inching closer. And you know, as as we go through the season, we learn more about these teams. There's a little more consistency. It's a little easier to predict these lines. So and you don't said, worry. And you said by, that- by by championship weekend, I will be above 50. percent I guarantee it. Lock it in. Guarantee it. I guarantee it, Joe Namath style. Are you taking? Uh, are you taking? And you said Towson and the points plus two. I'm taking Towson and the points. I'm taking Duke and the points. Taking UVA and the points. I'm so flipping Towson. from Princeton to Penn. I think Penn's gonna pull this off. And I'm taking and the sneaky UMBC line that nobody's talking about. Nobody's, t- nobody's, nobody's talking about the retrievers. Nobody's talking about the retrievers like they should. Some be. people say you made a bad choice at UMBC. I think they're making a good choice. I'm making a good choice, that's for sure. And on that note, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Everybody, enjoy March Madness. Enjoy college lacrosse. It's the it's the best time of year. This is March. This is why we do it. T, have an awesome weekend, my friend. Cheers. Ciao.